Network of awareness makes your brain coherent. One of the fastest growing podcasts, you hear it 24-7. Got listeners out in London, informationalists in Paris. Echoes spreading out, no parrot. Just dissect, digest, and share it. The righteous rhymes hit the spirit. Click 90 times, it won't perish. Cause y'all's the mind ain't no fairy tale like the barely our parents. It's time to rise, don't get wary. United minds, it's apparent. Download every single errand, but most ain't fit to catch it, even if they were Larry. Interviews, the interludes, they enter you, taking you on a journey like no other. It places you in a state of awareness. It's your fault if you hate the truth. Cause y'all even y'all always on this way, my brother. Better change your views. You are now tuned in to the network of awareness. To the network of awareness. Peace and greetings. Presenting the Network of Awareness Podcast Radio Station, providing in-depth information on society and culture in America and abroad, bringing you truth messages of inspiration, keen insight reputable interviews and so much more so now for the truth you've been waiting for your host of the network of awareness podcast aura Aura, the informationalist 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 Yes. Peace and greetings, folks. This is Aura, the informationalist. And you are now tuned in to the first episode of season four of the Network of Awareness. And season four is all about unconditional salvation. And to start off the season, uh, we got a very special guest who is a serial entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, a man who's come a long way and who's made a difference in other people's lives. And I feel very honored to have him on the show today. And it goes by the name of Richard Blank, and we're going to have him come on to the show in just a moment. Today's show's people is about serving and helping other people um, achieve what they want out of life and helping them get to where they want to be and 
utilizing all the knowledge that you have to help others. And this man has done that. He continues to do that. And we're going to talk about that. So I want to welcome everybody around the world that's going to be joining the broadcast. Um, that's going to be on the live and also those that are going to be downloading all over the world. So I also want to let you know that we got the Roku and Internet TV Network of Awareness TV coming out in June. If you um, definitely want some thought provoking, non sugar coated information that can't get censored or shadow banned, definitely check me out on Network of awareness.tv coming soon to Roku and to a living room near you. So with that being said, we're going to let the state of awareness rock out for just a moment. We're going to bring Richard Blank onto the show and we're going to make it happen. further ado, let's introduce to the show the man of the multiple hours here, Richard Blank. Welcome to the show, sir. Oh, let me get you off of mute. Sorry about that. Welcome to the show, Richard Blank. <laughs> or it's great to be here on the Network of Awareness, and I got to let you know that smooth tunes that you put really put you in a groove. So uh, really enjoy your choice of music here. Yeah, not a problem. And thank you for reaching out to me. Um, greatly appreciate it. Um, it's always nice to see somebody utilize the uh, the website as as they're supposed to. And uh, you did that out of, you know, I just saw you one day on, on my website. I said, who's this guy? You know, because sometimes I get spam. So I'm thinking maybe it might be spam. But then I called the number up and you was a real guy. So <laughs> I'm glad that we we connected. Um, I was waiting for your call. So, you know, Richard, um, I want to start off by having you uh, let the listeners know a little bit about yourself. Sure. And then we'll get into some questions about some of the things that you've been able to accomplish on your uh, journey of life in building your businesses and also uh, doing it internationally and really helping people just uh, be successful and teaching them how to be successful. So can you give us a little um, history on, on your life 
and how you came to be and some of your background? Absolutely. And it would be my pleasure. First, I want to thank you, Aura, for allowing me this time to share with you and your audience my story of twists and turns and how I got here today. Let's go back a few years. I'm a little bit older than some of your listeners. So when I graduated high school back in 1991 in Northeast Philadelphia, I was at Abington High School. And what I knew was that my favorite class back in the day was Spanish. And unlike some of my friends who were going to Ivy League and other universities to study law and medicine, I decided to be a dreamer and double down on languages. So from there, I went to the University of Arizona and I was a communication Spanish major. I focused on public speaking like yourself, Aura. Also rhetoric, just to make sure our message was a clear delivery. And everybody needs a special sauce. So I decided to focus on phonetics and micro expression reading and just trying to gauge positive reinforcements when I'm speaking with people to ensure that I'm building very strong relationships. But I guess the biggest thing was if you can get past your parents' guilt, my friend, you can live anywhere in the world. <laughs> and moving abroad may or may not be for everybody. I believe in testing the waters prior to diving into it 100%. Absolutely. And so for me, a lot of my decisions were made on my intuition. A lot of my decisions were made on my passions. It might sound a little selfish, but what I was really doing was just fulfilling my own needs. And if my intentions were honorable and I was doing things with good faith, the chances are that I would be very successful. And so once we get through some of the other examples I have on how I built a business and got through this, I think you'll understand that it's not as easy as it looks. And you're pretty much looking at the end result. But most of the time, the end result is built on so many different stages prior to that. I agree 100%. And you mentioned about faith. I, I talk about how faith is a superpower that we are given. And the, the more we strengthen that, the, the more powerful it becomes. Has a great effect on not only our lives, but those that we are around and that we come across in our paths. Um, let's talk about some of the things that you just mentioned, because... When you were 27 years old, you relocated to Costa Rica, where you are right now. You trained over 5,000 employees uh, for one of the larger call centers in San Jose. Correct. You also mixed it with some motivational speaking styles backed by a tactful and appropriate rhetoric. And you shared your knowledge, trained over 10,000 telemarketers. Now, what... What... Uh, inspired you to want to even get into this field of industry? You would never growing up and as a little boy, usually want to be a fireman or an astronaut. No one ever says at 10 years old, mommy, I'd like to be a CEO of a call center. I kind of didn't even know what one was back in the day. You kind of are not thrown into it, but you gravitate towards it. The jobs I had prior to coming to Costa Rica involved speaking Spanish promotions and public relations. I worked for Telemundo during college as an intern and post-grad, I worked for the importers of Corona beer. So I always had fun jobs, but these were the sort of things that prepared me to uh, work in a bilingual environment. Now, at 27 years old, I had the opportunity from a very, very good friend of mine to come to Costa Rica for just a couple months 
to teach some English. I realize that one in a million opportunities do cross your desk and leaving the United States on a whim is something that most people sometimes don't even consider. But I realized I, I wanted to take a break for a while and just to see what was happening. When I arrived in Costa Rica, first as I fell in love with Central America, it's beautiful paradise here. But when I was in a call center environment, I saw it a little bit differently than what you see in the movies or when you hang up the phone when someone calls you at dinner. There are a lot of people out there that have worked in telemarketing at call centers and customer support. Not all of us sell stock and try to pitch you while you're eating. It is a living. And so when I saw these incredibly talented bilingual agents in their mid-20s that were conversing, converting phone calls, getting positive escalations because they were doing an excellent job, I saw something there. I saw the art of speech. I also realized it was something that I was very capable of doing because, hey, I'm a good talker. I'm also coachable, but I found it fascinating how instead of making phone calls out of your home, that when you're in an environment with infrastructure and some sort of uh, structure that they have here and systems, it could be much more effective and bring you much larger returns. So I decided to put my stuff in storage. I disappointed a few people because I didn't come back immediately. And I worked with my friend for four years. Now, I started my business at 35 or a lot of people are expecting me to be this hotshot teenager, early 20s, but I'll be forthright with you. There is impulse control that I have much more better control now. And there's also maturity. And so maybe later in life, in my mid 30s, I realized that AI, the earnings potential, but I also had the mental stability to be responsible enough with legal contracts, with people's employments, with payrolls, with building a business that, that it was time. And so at that time, I also realized when you're working with the people, you do hear the gripes and the good and the bad times. So I just didn't walk in as an executive or an owner of a company. For four years, I was working with local Costa Ricans while they were taking and receiving calls. I went to retention, customer support, human resources, accounting, onboarding, training, um, affiliate management. So I learned how to do search engine optimization. So my hat's off to my good friend that pretty much gave me graduate school. And they taught me how to run a call center pretty much from the inside out. But the main thing, my friend, was not how much equipment I buy or having the best real estate in town, which I have both. It's really <laughs> about the people. Because if you don't treat your people with dignity, if they don't feel like they're a number or expendable, they'll come back and you'll reduce your attrition rate. And so in Costa Rica, it's a hotbed for BPO, for business process outsourcing. Amazon is here, HP, Intel, and Oracle. So you and I compete against the big boys, but Jeff Bezos never played pinball with his 10,000 agents in Costa Rica. I, in turn, have played pinball with every agent that's worked here. And so for anything, at least that's a gold medal that I have in regards to the sort of company culture and the relationships that I have with people. I, I look to promote from within. I look to mold new agents that don't have any experience before, but have the skills. So these are the sort of things that I take very much into consideration when I bring on a new client or when I'm onboarding a new team of agents. 
I go very, very old school. I walk the rows, I know your names, and I will always be accountable. And I believe that that's why I earn a lot of respect of the agents that, that tell me, Aura, that I'm usually the first boss that ever knew their name. And unfortunately, my friend in their career, I might be the last one. And um, those are the sort of things that we do here to solidify such a happy environment so the energy can spread. Absolutely. That was well said. It sounds Thanks. like you're a, you have a common sense, down-to-earth approach with the people that you hire as a, as a business owner. Sure. And you create these very meaningful relationships with the people that work with you, which that can go a long way. And it looks like it has. Now, before we continue, I want to say shout out to all the righteous, positive brothers and sisters in the chat room. Um, shout outs to uh, Danita, Crystal. Glad to see Roger in the house. Roger, first show ever. Thank you for coming on, brother. Yeah. I know you are a supporter, but this is your first live show. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, for all the people that are going to be trickling into the, um, the live stream, uh, in the chat room, we, you know, uh, I'm going to take a time out a little bit later for you, uh, people to ask Richard, um, any questions that you may have. Um, Richard is somebody who is going to be able to give you some good advice when it comes to, uh, where you're at or how to start and how to, how to complete the task of accomplishing whatever it is that you want to fulfill, whatever purpose you want to fulfill. So we're going to have the time to ask Richard those questions a little bit later. So just start um, making mental notes and then we can put them down into the chat room. Now, with that being said, Richard, um, what do you think... Well, let me ask you this question before we go into that. Something I talk about a lot is that countries outside the United States are very different from the United States. Culturally, the way they perceive things. I mean, and I'm personally, even though I've been living here for over 44 years, I don't like this place. I think this place has a lot of negativity. I think the foundation of it was started with negativity when you have slavery and all these other things that have taken place here. But I do believe there's great people here like yourself that come from this place and they can do great things. What is it about the Costa Rican South American culture? If you can say one specific thing that is so different from American culture that you can appreciate. I can at least say this, in Costa Rica, they have an expression and it's pura vida, translated into pure life. Mm. My good friend, I believe that everybody in the world have so many things in common and most of them are good, okay? And I judge people by today. And a lot of things that might've happened in the past before our times is something that happened but once again, if I personally didn't participate in it, if it's something that I don't agree with or don't understand, I don't think that as an Anglo-Sajon, as a North American, my reputation should be judged on the actions of others. And so being in Costa Rica, or I am a guest in this country. 
And in regards to work, I have to make sure that the agents can go home and tell their parents what they do for a living. It's very important for me in this poor Avida, pure life sort of environment where it's ecotourism. There's a lot of pride in Costa Rica in regards to their culture. They have an indigenous culture, an old Indian culture, up in Talamanca and other areas of the country where they're very well respected as well. That's the old school Costa Ricans and they have their specific customs, language and traditions. And so by moving abroad, the best thing you can do is to keep an open mind. You could be as judgmental as you want because you're comparing apples, but a lot of the things that we hold dear, that we hold in high regard in certain areas, let's say of the United States, really don't have that much value here. And so what I've seen traveling the world, not just living in Costa Rica, that most of the people will judge you on your essence first. Mm. And one of the best first impressions I could do, Aura, is to show the Costa Rican community that I've taken the time to learn their language so I could speak it fluently for them, not, not to make it easy for them, just, just to show them that I care. I participate in the local customs. I'm understanding more about why there's significance in certain holidays and why certain traditions they hold very dear. Some things make you smile and it's something I've seen for the first time, but there are other things in this culture that I've incorporated in my life that has enriched my life. So as much as I could say I'm 100% Philadelphia, that, that's born and bred, but I've lived almost half my life outside of the country. And so obviously being a guest here and, and being um, appreciated here, and once again, growing this business and feeding families in Costa Rica, just like yourself, my friend, you and I are on some vision quests right now. We spoke prior to this podcast, the energies and the certain sort of intuitions and the forces that move us to do certain things. And so I do believe in, without sounding corny, I do believe in the stars and I do believe in wind and I do believe in natural things in this life that will assist you in guiding you in making certain decisions. And so looking back at the times when I was at crossroads, and I had to make decisions on my studies in college, my career, and where I invested my time and my life. I knew deep down inside Aura that 100% I was making the right decision. And I could hold my head up high. I could look at myself in the mirror and give myself a high five and say, nicely done, my man. I'm proud of you. Maybe it's a Philly way. Maybe it's the way my grandparents raised me. Maybe it's the way my friends toughened me up at Abington to, to be a winner. Maybe it was some of my friends along the way that didn't know what I was doing, but said, go Richard, go, because they knew I was excited. And so being here today, the, the best advice I could give to people is to, it's not just following your dreams. Do the research before you do your dream, just to make sure that it's realistic. But if it's something that, as you say, would make you happier because you're still the same aura, wherever you go, it's still you. So if it's living in the United States or somewhere else in the world, remember this, my man, you, you're bringing you with you. That's your luggage. And so you might want to move somewhere else to get away from something. But 
you might be bringing that with you. You might be specific, my friend, in regards to maybe traffic or gas prices or certain things in the United States that might frustrate you. To me, it was the weather when it used to be snowy in Philly. Um, that was pretty much the only reason I wanted to get out of there. But um, <laughs> if you bring you to wherever you go and you have that sort of foundation of happiness and goodwill, you would be surprised on how you'll be embraced wherever you go. And once again, I haven't had a single problem in 22 years in Costa Rica. Uh, nothing that was made on my own. Naturally, there are certain things here where there are long lines at banks on payday. And there are certain traffic jams and, and certain things. You can't get items here that you can in the state. So I miss circus peanuts. Whenever I go home, I eat that candy. But um, besides that, I've also opened my eyes to other places in the world where I've seen such beauty and it makes you very humble. And then from there, the reason I believe I'm so successful is because I'm so grateful and I'm giving not only you, but I'm giving the people that work with me, not for me, that work with me, my best. And just like how I'm dressing for you and your audience, I'm also doing this for myself. Because if I can't start with myself, how am I going to extend it to others? So once you and I have that center and that balance and that focus, or it's very easy for you and I to extend our branches and our roots and make our tree that much stronger. Well, um, wow. I want to say, I want to repeat what you said. He said, <laughs> when you go outside the United yeah. States, what they see is essence. Yeah, man. And if you don't know yet, if you haven't figured it out, you know what we're doing today, Richard? This is what we're doing. Please just tell me what's happening to me in plain English with, without the mumbo-jumbo. No mumbo-jumbo today. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. He said, when you go outside the United States, the people see essence. And specifically in Costa Rica, mm -hmm. they see essence. I think, wow, that's so important. I think more people in the United States needs to see essence instead of who has the biggest car and who has the, the most women and the most men and who looks the nicest and who dressed the nicest and who has the most um, nicest sneakers and all this other nonsense that's so irrelevant to the meaning of life because we're spiritual beings having a physical experience, you know, and we got to make the most of it while we're in these bodies. And um, I think what you said is very powerful. And um, with that being said, what do you think when somebody wants to, because we have some entrepreneurs listening in, we have people that want to be successful in whatever it is that they're doing. What do you think is a good foundation when pursuing your business goals or trying to create something from scratch. Can you give some universal principles that need to be laid down as the foundation to get you to where you want to be? 
Absolutely, I can. And I thank you so much for asking me that. Once again, we're going to start with from within. I believe that fortune favors the brave. You've read about it, the knight that goes out and saves the princess and slays the dragon. If you never leave your castle, you're never going to be a prince. You never slay a dragon, you're never going to save the princess. And ships that are in port are not seaworthy. So I'm not telling you to go out and beat yourself up or to embarrass yourself or just to not invest your time wisely. But as I'm going to say before, a lot of people do not understand about dedicated practice, about what happens aura when your cameras are off. This beautiful artwork that you created behind you was the first thing that caught my attention before I started listening to your podcast. And then I was inspired enough to write you. And then you and I had a wonderful phone call. But that image of yours there, you were inspired to draw that. And that, and that didn't happen on the air. And so I think that's a perfect example of the network of awareness of thinking of the name, being inspired by it, running it by your friends. Now you have the image. I mean, all of that comes together. And if that comes together before you make your first phone call, land your first client, or even make your first dollar, I think you're more than on your way. Because as you say before, you have the vision. Now you just got to catch up to it. It's it's almost as beautiful as looking at someone's biography who has passed away, like Albert Einstein, for an example. You, you'll look at a photograph of this genius as a child, and you're like, there he is. You know, he's got a great future, and, and he's going to be successful and change the world. Yeah, but when he was two years old, he didn't know. He's just sitting there just hanging out with a nice haircut. But you realize now, when you study the person's life, that they had this fame and fortune and influence. But at that time, they weren't aware, but they also were aware. I believe in catching up with destiny. I believe that, you know, the laws of attraction, fine, if that's what you want to call it. But, but sometimes you just can't snap your finger and good things come. Most people quit or 80% in. They don't go the distance. Fighters will just throw in the white towel. No, you got to go the distance. There are times when you might be beat up. You don't feel good, but your legs won't go out. Look how people that cross a desert when there's like a forced march or they can get out of a rainforest or out of a mountain. You, you hear about these stories. They're exhausted mentally, physically. They're about to give up, but it's always that one little thing inside them. And they all say the same thing. They find that one thing inside them that keeps them going. It's either their, their significant other, their children or their goals, or they just don't even know. But their body is not giving up. And so for me, maybe it could be seen maybe as a little bit of insanity because once again, I'm, I'm going into the spooky cave by myself. No one's done this before, but come on, Scooby-Doo was famous. We got to go investigating. I had to at least try and look at this run that happened for 22 years and 14 of my own business. Look what happens when a run happens. It could last a day, it could last an hour, but at least you had a run and at least you stood up to do it. And for me, thankfully, this has lasted much, much longer than I expected. So every day that I leave work, I will bow my head, turn around, look at my floor and say, thank you for another day. 
The last thing I am is cocky about this. I am more humble than the day is long. And that's why, as I told you before, it's imperative for me to treat the people that work with me, the wind in my sails, the bricks in my building, my foundation. I want to make sure they are as strong as the day is long. And I believe, my friend, if you're going to give any sort of business advice on how to start a business, the first thing you think about is the crew that works with you. And you want to give them dignity. You want to give them all the resources. Have them on a level playing field. Let them bring in things for their desks so they can make it their own. You don't need to force them to go out drinking with you at night. Sometimes I don't like things like that. I'd rather respect people's business hours and what they do there. You can still maximize on that time. And, and or that's why I choose gamification. That's why I choose my retro arcade machines, air hockey table, and pinball machines. Because instead of the agent on their break or going outside and having a smoke or on their phone on Instagram or just sitting in the corner doing their thing, there's a very good chance people in different departments can meet one another. Gives them a chance to hang out with me for a little bit, to let off steam or to, or to recharge their batteries. And, and check this out. I've even had a couple of agents fall in love by the Pac-Man machine. So don't tell me that it doesn't happen. So <laughs> I believe there are certain areas of the office outside of the phone that is not literally work-related that can create a company culture that can almost give you more dividends and more mileage than if you do some sort of structured event where people really don't even want to be there. Ever heard? Attitude reflect leadership. 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 So it sounds like you have a great attitude for the for the leadership that you've uh, built and that you that you maintain in your business. Yeah. Let's talk about this gamification a little bit because it, it was okay. something I was going to bring up. It says here that, um, that you have the largest collection of restored American pinball machines and antique jukeboxes, which I see one behind you. That's very nice yep. in Central America, making gamification a stronger part of the, uh, Costa Rica call center culture, which yes. you just explained. What, you know, what, why jukeboxes and pinball machines and video games like Pac-Man? Why that? Why, you know, why not something out? Why, why not something else? Why specifically those types of uh, machines? Uh with your permission, I'd love to answer it many, many different ways. First is they can go home and play their PlayStation or Xbox or whatever they do on their phone all day long. Why don't you give them something a little bit different? Number two, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And if anyone ever remembers the show Silver Spoons, I always wanted my own arcade. I was very envious. And uh, habit turned into an obsession because once I started making a little bit of money and I have the room for it here at this large call center, I started treasure hunting. And in Costa Rica, people will have these jute boxes, pinball machines and old arcade machines and bodegas half an hour to a couple hours away. So I get my buddy with his, uh, his truck. We drive out there, we kick a few tires. And the next thing you know, I'm picking up a 1961 Ricola Regis for just a couple hundred dollars. So, you know, when you 
find a treasure. And for someone like me, these old machines represent a certain time. They're absolutely beautiful. Our parents fell in love in front of them, used to dance in front of them. I mean, and the fact that they've been preserved for over 50 years means that people are taking very, very good care of them. And so for me, it really is just an antique hobby because I felt that these styles and the sort of work and craftsmanship is something that they're not doing today. The fact that the, the, the keys and, and the records still hold up after all of these years, it's, it's really good uh, materials. But then once again, it's an environment. Uh, having these pinball machines, they say they played them on the computer, but we all know that some things live are much better than online. And so one of them is gamification. And the fact that they can feel the machine, like Elton John's Pinball Wizard, you could, you could feel the buttons, you could feel the bumpers, you could, you could really, the lights and the sound, it, it's an experience. And when they're there, what they can do is they can decompress any sort of stipulation they had on the phone. It might help them relax and let their mind wander. And as I mentioned before, people are walking upstairs after their breaks and lunch recharged not lethargic after a McDonald's lunch. (laughs) And so I have seen that this is an environment to keep their rhythm, to keep their momentum and to smile and to laugh and to have some fun because most work environments are very stressful. But also, if I may, when my potential clients show up at my call center to check me out, they have to walk through the arcade to get upstairs It kind of says multiple things. One is they don't have an arcade. B, this is how I treat my people. And this is how I treat myself. And so a lot of the decisions they make is, once again, me being very hands-on and seeing that that their agents, when they hire me to work with them, will be treated like gold. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm learning so much from this conversation. And um, I could see in the chat room that Others are as well. So I can't nice. wait for the questions to come, which will come real soon. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just, it, you have to work hard in order to, to achieve great things. But it's also about working intelligently. So don't want to beat yourself down and, and not, you know, really have anything to show for it. You have to have a strategy. You have to have a plan. You have to make mistakes, figure out those mistakes. Don't repeat them. It's, it's, it's a lot of intelligence, you know, cause you have to be an intelligent follower before you become a great leader. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm becoming an intelligent follower by interviewing men like yourself and women. Um, and one thing I've learned in my forties that I've learned it in such a way that it's, uh, it's kind of surreal. It, it's, can't even, it's ineffable. I can't even put into words. But one of the things I've learned is less is more. And I used to think the other way. Think more. If you give more, you know, got to do this and that. But what I'm learning is less is more. You don't have to do so much. There's a, I believe that in the spiritual, in the spiritual realm that we live in, and that everything is based on perceptions and energies and vibrations feel like this universe that we live in and on the planet, when you look at nature, when you look at how the most high has just created 
for things to just be in its natural order. Everything is very simple. Man, on the other hand, makes it complex. And that's where we have turmoil. Is there one thing that you can say that it sticks out to you that you've learned in your years on this planet that, you know, once you gain this knowledge, sometimes even when just, it's like the more you understand it, the more it just blows your mind away. Is there anything? Cause that's, that's what it is for me. It's less is more. And the more I get to learn that it's just, it's an unbelievable thing to, to experience and to understand. What would that be for you? I believe that someone's ego can get in the way of how they see themselves and how they treat others. One of the greatest things I've learned to do, and I learned this in college by doing focus group controlled studies, is you can look at things in a neutral way and as an arbitrary. They say surgeons can't operate on their own family members because there's emotion there. And I understand and respect that. I also know that if I'm able to do any sort of self-reflection as much as I want to be the best I can be and not waste time and, and, and not disappoint myself, if you are able to gauge what you're doing in a neutral, non-affected way, there's a very good chance you can make better decisions. Now, if you're by yourself, you're in a bubble. You're, really, you're in a vacuum. You're not really speaking to many people. So if you're willing to bounce ideas back and forth with people and then explain why you're making those decisions, and I don't like when people say constructive criticism. My, I'm okay with that. I, I'd like to know a reasoning why the tone might be off. Was the vocabulary not strategic or diplomatic enough? Did I, once again, in a conversation, interrupt too much or not speak enough? Did I seem like I was yelling? Did I seem offended? And so it's more about conflict management for me that I've learned it's I'm okay in regards to my delivery and what I'm doing, but I might be catching somebody where they might be there physically, but mentally they might be somewhere else. I always believe that when people are thinking of the future, they're anxious, the past, they're depressed, and very, very, very rarely they're in the now. They mm. might be there when their five senses are kicking in, like childbirth or eating or something like that, or getting attacked by a shark. But for the most part, people are with you about 60, 70% of the time. And so I have to take into consideration their responsibilities, their raising families, their health, and other things that might be contributing to their distraction at the moment. I don't need to pry and ask them about their entire life. But once again, by reading certain tell signs of people engaging their sort of reactions when I'm speaking in a certain way, I could understand that it's something that's not personal. But for me to make certain connections with people, the best thing to do is to ask open-ended questions so I can get explanations from people. I also like to show active listening aura. So where if I'm answering a question for somebody, I could repeat the question that they say and also answer it for them so they don't have to repeat it and also let you know that we're leapfrogging and moving forward. And there are certain times in conversations where people's egos can be offended. And so instead of saying a certain thing, I could be asking more for my clarification, 
my edification in order to understand your position better. Doesn't mean I need to agree with it, but the one thing I'm planning on doing is understanding where you're coming from. And sometimes when people are very emotional, they use vocabulary that they may either regret or feel like it's not representing them in the best light or even just purely misrepresenting them. And so maybe if you feel like it deserves a second explanation, ask for them to talk about it another way or maybe ask a follow-up question to see if they were just emotional at that time or if it's a certain thing that they are very um, adamant about. But in today's world with COVID and with pressures and me not being a teenager anymore and being almost 50 years old, yes, priorities. And my main priority is not to make as much money as I can. I'm, I'm doing very well and I don't have to worry about certain things in the future, which helps me sleep at night. And, and I put that part of my life complete. So, but it really wasn't that from the beginning. I mean, of course you want to earn a living, but my main goal initially was to see if I could do it and to prove to my friends and family that this long shot has the potential. And as I said before, my good friend, I feed families and you even mentioned it before that these are multi these are multi-generational families that live here compared to the United States. That's that's one of the different cultural characteristics that Costa Rica has. You could be living with your grandparents. And so when I have a young man or a young woman that is participating and contributing to their family's expenses, I hold that sacred. That's very important for me because I was in their shoes one day. And I know that having job stability, I know that when you don't compromise your ethics to earn a dollar, you can feel very good about yourself. And those are the sort of energies and love that can spread within families and even within a work environment. Wow. Well said. Um, let's talk about, uh, you, you know, being charitable, uh, as you are, it says here that you, um, you endow a scholarship each year for students that plan on majoring in a world language at the university level. Can you talk about how that came to be and, and uh, what that's uh, been able to do for the men, uh, the young men and women um, in Costa Rica that have received this scholarship? Well, I thank you for bringing that up, but let me allow me to clarify this. The scholarship that I have is for Abington Senior High School. It's a second language scholarship for seniors that are graduating. Moving oh, on. That's, so that's my alma mater. Okay, Doesn't that's mean in that the United eventually States. in Costa Rica, oh, I would okay. be doing a Becca or a grant. But let me tell you why that's important for me. Because when I entered Abington in the eighth grade, I didn't know anybody. I went to a private school prior to that. And when I was there, I was embraced by a school of about close to 450 people compared to a small class of 60. And during those years, I was doing a lot of interactive learning that was outside of the classroom. Not to give you my high school resume, but I was a tri-letterman, so I was very much involved in athletics. I was played ice hockey, golf, and lacrosse. But I was very involved with student government. I did it so I can get out of class during the day and go on projects. But I also raised a lot of money for the school. They allowed me through their resources to sell donuts in the morning 
which allowed me to raise money for not only a school for many different events, but assisted me in my public speaking, my sales. And it also, you're not going to believe this. I got a college recommendation letter from the late principal Norman Schmidt and also from my Spanish teacher. Now, my grades in high school were good. They could have been better. But the fact that the school believed in me and took the time, especially the principal, to get me into college, I couldn't be more thankful. And so this past year, I was asked to be the keynote speaker for their induction ceremony. Now, I was not AP. I was not an honor roll kid. I was a good kid. I was a fun kid. But I didn't take my studies seriously. And my good friend, the principal today, Angelo Barrios, I apologized to him personally for not studying harder, even though he said, don't worry about it. But I think I made up for it. I was asked to come back and I gave the most beautiful speech to these young men and women. And I let them know about the one in a million shot. And I let them know how proud I was of where I came from because success is built on one million thank yous. And as much as I've been gone from that school since 1991, I still hold it very dear in my heart. If it weren't for my crew of friends, if it weren't for my supportive teachers, and if it wasn't for the principal that said, Richard, study languages, go for it. I will refer you. And I believe that you will do something with this. They guided me into making those decisions. They, they reinforced it. And being able to not only afford it, I wanted to do this because college is expensive. And if I can pay for a freshman's books, their, their first year, I think it's wonderful. And I'm not giving athletic scholarships or music scholarships. There's nothing wrong with those scholarships. But Abington never had a second language scholarship. And you're looking at a kid that's Romanian and Russian. Only my Aunt Roberta, who drove a Corvette, she spoke Spanish. She was cool. Uh, but nobody in my family really spoke Spanish. And so for me, it was just a new endeavor. And... I couldn't thank them enough. So my friend, pretty much, I'm just paying it forward in a certain way, financially and also spiritually. I, I'm thanking them every year. Absolutely. Um, brothers and sisters in the chat room, um, if you have any questions for Richard at this point, um, start putting them into the chat room while we take this brief intermission. So Richard, if you want to take your break, I'm going to start my music here. We'll right. take about a 10 to, oh, say about 10 to 15 minute break, listening to some music, more like 15. All and right. then uh, we'll have you come back and then we'll have you answer these questions that are going to be in the chat room. And then we'll take it from there. So brothers I'm going to tell you my secret sauce. So ask away. Okay. Yeah. We definitely want to know some of the secrets to your success. And um, brothers and sisters, this is all the information list with, uh, Richard Blank, who is the CEO and owner, founder of the Costa Rica Call Center out in Costa, uh, Costa Rica, South America. And um, he's doing some really meaningful, purpose-driven things to make this world a better place for those that live on it. It's something to be respected, so I'm happy to have him on the show. We're going to have him come back in just a moment. So let's take a quick break, brothers and sisters. Here we go.
that's to be certain No pain, no gain in the verses My faith been a lot before churches Cause Yah is person, I'm person So I'm worried about complicated versions Cause the call to divine divergence I'm still hurting, so searching Networking and murking Anytime they can drop my curtain With a spirit that city suburban I'm seriously merging And physically working on my purpose To lyrically service The mental uh, malnourished until I perish Yahweh's gonna save the awakened Then take him to an ageless haven Patient, I can't straight away Gotta keep obliterating the pavement Still remember that day on the phone mark He said, yo, take, don't you take your foot off the gas Always something to give y'all praises We're the dark oasis Countless cases A peak of faithless I'ma need the patience Defeat the chases We seek his graces For true salvation We keep abrasing We be going places these revelations, these days, no altercations, good vibrations, we back to basics, to build foundations, y'all defeated Satan, out of main mistakes on purpose, to divide the worth from the worthless, reveal the facts to be certain, no pain, no gain in the verses, my faith been a lot before churches, cause y'all is person, I'm person, so I'm worried about complicated versions, cause the call to divine divergence, I'm still hurting, soul searching, networking and murking, anytime they can drop my curtain, with a spirit that city suburban, I'm seriously merging, and physically working on my purpose, to lyrically service, the mental mouth never until I perish yeah, Pursuing acts of violence Third persistent act of defiance Freely forming a righteous alliance Truly against the science appliance On a mission with wisdom and guidance Steady defeat in the ignorant science Seely convicted in non-compliance Spiritual wars to move in Let's science. talk about what matters Drop the vanity Folks out here losing their sanity Kids popping off lost in fantasies People grieving over loss of family The evil that be with the power Turning the people with creeds to cowards Seeking to seize believers with vows Many of Stevie can see that it's foul Out of main mistakes on purpose To divide the worth from the worthless Reveal the facts to be certain No pain, no gain in the verses My faith been a lot before churches Cause Yah is person, I'm person So I'm worried about complicated versions Cause the call to divine divergence I'm still hurting, so searching Networking and murking Anytime they can drop my curtain With a spirit that city suburban I'm seriously merging And physically working on my purpose To lyrically service The mental mouth never until I perish Depression gone with every song Music led by another echelon To get you strong, keep pressing on Long after we dead and gone From dust till dawn we're righteously armed with spiritual lessons from Yah. We where we belong, we keeping on. The righteous with third is Zion. Records embellished with heavenly eloquence. Elohim's presence presently evident. Intricate elements, infinite intelligence. Spiritual specimens lyrically resonant. The people's inheritance, smaller percentages. Carefully measured and meant to be shared. With the message projected, cemented, embedded. The sensible question is, what would you give from it? Made mistakes on purpose to divide the worth from the worthless. Reveal the facts to be certain. No pain, no gain in the verses. My faith been a lot before churches. Cause Yah is person, I'm person. So I'm worried about complicated versions. Cause the call to divine divergence. I'm still hurting, so searching. Networking and murking. Anytime they can drop my curtain. With a spirit that city suburban I'm seriously merging And physically working on my purpose To lyrically service The mental mouth nourish until I perish To my tree She rides the night Next to me you are now tuned in to the network of
Ah, the spot check. That quick once-over to inspect, correct, and try to perfect my imperfections. A shift, pull, tug, or cover-up was in play for those sections that needed to be hidden. And I ain't talking only about what could be seen in a mirror. Hell, that reflection, muddled and heavily soiled by the lies broadcast that I chose to own. So much so I disowned my birthright and labeled it inferior. The lies that defined what value should look like and be, value that never belonged to me because I had no clue. I was what I sought. But since I bought the vision of less being more, I inadvertently waged a war during peacetime, increasing the time I wandered in darkness, looking for the cure from my captor. After signing myself up for certain death on the day of the rapture, see, I had become their captor while being unaware I wasn't free. This is why I sought solutions from the same source who imprisoned me by occupying space in my mind. Turns out being blind was my choice. I was no victim. I chose to deny the calling within my soul for answers that lay well beneath the surface. I determined what my curse is. When I cursed my creator by choosing to try on suggestions for wholeness from fragmented man and fragmented lands, wielding deceptive plans and an agenda that needed the needy, greedy, lost, impatient, and excitedly distracted. The ones who reenacted chaos because it's easy, even though the expected results kept them queasy and broken. The lost have become tokens to be played by the puppet master who sit and marvel at disaster that pay dividends while each day we become closer to an end we don't want to own. So back then, as I stood in front of that mirror, all I could do was spot check. I allowed my eyes to scan and memorize every inch of me that didn't fit their mold. Of course, I was never told they didn't even fit the mold they sold me. There was no label disclaiming to buyers after purchase you chip away pieces of your identity and soul. That you'll step from your pedestal as royalty and diminish the very value of your melanin. See, they knew before you, you are black gold. Because I am his and he is me, I met the bottom in these lands. And at the bottom, I raised my hand to be helped from the pit i chosen, only to be met with judgment and silence as my mental reel replayed the violence of my declarations of self-hate. I guess I deserve this fate as it was a part of my purchase, so maybe I should lay and wallow. Then, my soul, called by a gentle whisper, reminding me there's more than one path to follow. Daughter, you raised one hand, but will you raise both, the voice asked of me. This was the first time I realized I wasn't free, but could be, because I am his, and he is me. Just as I chose to stand before a mirror and pick which parts of me were worthy of scrutiny, I could choose to take in the glory of his creation, all of me. The second time I stood before that mirror, I knew I was not alone, because I had chosen to take the walk with him. I chose to ask his solutions and blocked off outside offers. So this time, as my eyes scanned my naked body from head to toe, I was amazed how distorted the first time was. I was flawed perfection. 
and the most beautiful parts were the sections deemed unsalvageable before. It's amazing how choosing to look through the lens of God cures self-hate and delusions of grandeur. It's just that simple. When he is the first choice with no room for alternatives, hopelessness will fade. In being dedicated to the hardest work one can ever do, the inside work, your reward is the ultimate source and resource coming to your aid. The lies that we play in our minds eventually become the truth we live and dress up to disguise our pain. Insane, but true when we lose connection to our God identity. When I reconnected to her, then he and I could vibe again. It's never easy with God as my best friend, but neither is the latter. And since my soul is all that matters, I'm all in. Let's stay to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take, but they'll never take When the light has faded and darkness is abroad, the light is only dim because the darkness teaches us lessons that need to be learned in order for one to move forward. Embrace the darkness, for the darkness is your friend. So there is no end. It's only an illusion to what has been. Follow the light and let the spirit embark on a flight to a destination unknown, but to a place where love is the building blocks that call this place home. We are always accompanied on this journey, but still feel alone. It is never the same journey or experience that is ever shown. It is your imagination that awakens the passion that will weather the storm, because it is the pure compassion in the soul that is vigorous and strong. So let's be connected to the positive dream that allows us to fulfill our infinite destiny, most definitely. Let's strive to be the best people we can be with a power that is humanly new to see. So mistaken dismay can lead us astray, so let us stay, for it is our free will that allows us to make a choice. So I choose Yahweh with no delay. Life is an unpredictable and amazing journey. Our ever-changing conditions within today's society and the constant new trends influencing cultures can become overwhelming, to say the least. But no worries. The Network of Awareness podcast radio show brings peace of mind in these challenging times. Follow us on your favorite podcast listening app and join our community of Network of Awareness at networkofawareness.com. Yeah, yeah. And we are back with the CEO of Costa Rica Call Centers in South America, uh, Richard Blank. And Richard, we we do have some questions uh, from the chat room. And before we ask those questions, um, I have a question for you. Sure. I, I talk a lot about how when I look into the mirror, I see a miracle. What do you see when you look into the mirror? Unfortunately, my friend, I see a bald man. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have the nicest hair back in the day. Um, sometimes it's difficult for me to see my own face because I'm shining, because I see past myself the 
eyes are almost the window to the soul. So if you're looking directly into your eyes, you kind of see where you're coming from. Yep. But most of the time, the image that I see in the mirror is somebody that's very happy and very kind. Unfortunately, I see someone a lot younger than what you see today, but that's for a different time and a different place. But <laughs> the, the mirror is a very interesting thing. It, it really doesn't lie. And usually you're looking in the mirror when you're by yourself. And so you can't really spin it. But here's the thing, my good friend, if you're able to actually look at yourself in the mirror, then I think you're doing very well. If you can't look at yourself, then that's something you need to start working on because you need to start loving yourself more. But um, I guess that's my only thought about the mirror. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so let's let's get these questions out. And um, the, uh, the first question is from Roger. He says... Roger. Um, he says, hello, Richard. Have you ever read the essay by James Allen, How a Man Thinketh? Roger, unfortunately, I haven't, but that's a wonderful suggestion, and I'll definitely read it once we finish this podcast. But I also want to thank you, Roger, for having the first question. Be well, tuning can, in for my episode. I can and, tell uh, you that's a powerful a book, question. so you should definitely check it out when you get a chance. Very, sure. like... The man was in the zone spiritually when he wrote that. Mm -hmm. um, the other question is, this is from Mystic Royale. She says, I'd love to know what does or did he find most helpful when it comes to articulating our thoughts into engaging in interesting or even heated, misunderstood conversations in the moment. I have a difficult time while communicating with family members simply from their misunderstanding and my thoughts become scattered in so many ways. I lose the proper um, articulate skill in the moment. Poetry is helping me, but heated conversations is definitely not a poetry slam. <laughs> my dear Mystic Royale, I have the best advice for you. Obviously, you're very intelligent. Obviously, you have empathy and that you care. But emotions can take over from time to time and you could lose your train of thought. I'm cool with that. But this is what we can do. I love the thesaurus because you get the definition of a word, but you get similes. So instead of saying help to somebody, you might want to assist, guide, or lend a hand. Or maybe if you really have a topic, that you need to discuss that's exceptionally delicate. I would be thinking of more diplomatic word choice. I would definitely be looking at certain words that don't offend, that could potentially allowing you to make your point. And if worse comes to worse, let me give you two super big pieces of advice. There's energy givers and energy suckers. If someone's giving you energy, look right in their eyes. It's a beautiful connection. That's where your network of awareness comes in. But if someone is sucking your energy and they could almost kill you with these beady eyes <laughs> look in between their eyes because it almost looks like you're looking in their eyes, but you're not being disrespectful. Just look right there and you'll still be able to focus on them and you can tilt your head and nod along, but it's not going to distract you or get you sucked into that. That's number one. 
And number two, when, when people are speaking with you, I think it's exceptionally important to breathe. When you're speaking, do what you got to do. That's your time. If someone is talking to you, do the four and four technique. Breathe in for four. Hold it for four. Let go for four. Hold it for four. Let them talk. Let them talk for five minutes. It's going to lower you from a 10 to a two. It's going to take you back in regards to that energy that they're bringing at you. So, Mystic Royale, I think if you find your center, you practice breathing, and while you're breathing and having your impulse control, which is something I mentioned earlier, which was very difficult for me, I have it now. And so by allowing them to speak first, you'll know what they know. So you can cut some fat. So you might just want to focus on their uh, areas of interest and get to yours later. So once again, it's better to speak second. Let them get everything out. Sometimes they will overextend themselves, Mr. Royale, and then they'll be apologizing to you because their tone was inappropriate or they stepped over the line. So I believe that some of your strategy would be more of a defensive, observant way, and especially your breathing. That will open up your thought process, give you a little more image streaming so you can picture how you want to make that delivery. Don't, don't do any sort of aggressive body language and don't curse and don't yell. Things like that don't help. In fact, you might confuse them more if you're more controlled and poised and that you have a sort of maturity and a sort of elevated form of respect for them when they're bashing you, when they're disagreeing with you. If they're giving you negative three, give them back a plus three. No, give them a plus four, one for good luck. And, and maybe teach them that you could readjust the tone of the conversation. You can, you can possibly manipulate the sort of rhythm that it has. So when you speak, when you react, when you do your thought process, you could be fully in control of this conversation because this other person, once again, is A, out of character, B, trying to make their point through duress and stress and, and force. While you are calm and cool, you're bringing it in. Will it hurt? All day long, these are people you love and you want to make them proud. And they want you to be safe too. And that's why they're saying these things. But you hold your ground and you stay firm. And you practice your breathing techniques, you practice your vocabulary, and less is more. Make your point and then play it cool. And that's the Richard Circle. That will get you out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> Let's drop a bomb on that one. Oh. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> All right. Next question is from Danita. She yeah. says, hi, Richard. What do you believe your most valuable possession is? My most valuable possession, Dini, that's an excellent question. And thank you so much for your contribution there. There's two possessions that I have. I can do one that is physical. It's, it's my heart, my corazon. I have a lot of empathy. People could see that as a weakness. Why? Because they can take advantage of me one time. And they're not going to do it a second time. 
But I believe that having compassion towards people, believing in people, being their biggest fan, that has been the most wind in my sails. That's what's given me the most success, obviously. But the possession that I love the most is my convertible car. It's not a fancy dancy Porsche that you're thinking. I love my 1972 VW Cabriolet convertible. It's like a little rabbit, just slips in and out of traffic. But I love putting the top down. I love cruising to the beach in it. I love washing it on Sundays. <laughs> it's the car pretty much I had in high school. I drove a 1980 Rabbit. And so when I found this 92 Cabriolet here, it pretty much looks just like my car. And so regardless of the other vehicles that I drive and that I'm expected to drive, once again, I don't need a $100,000 car. I got a $5,000 car that makes me happier than you could possibly imagine. So uh, my favorite possession is my very chill convertible where I can enjoy myself in Costa Rica. So uh, my compassion and my convertible, my double C. Um, I have a question for you. Um, do you have any affirmations or mantras that you speak regularly to yourself when you wake up or before you go to bed, anything like that? I believe in, that's a wonderful question. And, and there are certain sort of spirituality, religious questions, philosophy questions that I respect, but I also respect the privacy. The answer that I can give to you is that I love me time. I need to have certain time for me. And it's not that I'm being selfish or don't want to be with people, but there's a certain sort of meditation or balance that I can achieve when I'm either in the gym, washing the convertible on a Sunday, playing some pinball. So it allows me to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And then after about 20 minutes of this decompressed stimulation, I get this image streaming. My mind gets to wander. So some of my best ideas are when I'm alone. And then I can bring these ideas back to my circle and to see if they understand them, approve of them and support them. But I believe everybody deserves time to be with their favorite person, which is themselves. And you don't need to be multitasking where you're cleaning the house or, or just doing something where you feel like you're being um, productive. The most productive time you have is finding balance. The most productive time you have is to recap what you have done that day and what you plan on doing tomorrow. So there is no fear. So you can come. So you can sleep well at night, wake up in the morning fresh. You have that sort of game plan. So my mantra to me is pretty much having a full circle of self-respect from my diet to my exercise, to the relationship with my wife and my family, to how I treat my coworkers, and just almost how I treat life. Carpe diem. I mean, thankful for the day. I'm almost 50 years old, which means I'm halfway there. I got another 50 years. I'm not going to waste them, but I'm also not going to cry over them either. And so after what happened with COVID and being locked down, and not being able to see people and travel or to go to restaurants, it should almost enhance your experiences five times. Your food should taste incredible. Get up and dance, <laughs> enjoy your life because you're not getting any younger and you just never know where the tides change. 
So today is a day. Let me say something, if I may. Before we jumped on this, we both are, it's a Monday. We both put in a full day of work. I've been here since 7 a.m. So you were looking at my, almost my 12th hour being here today. But that's okay because we knew that individuals that are committed do a little bit more. They do interactive things that are just outside of work or their family. They, they put in the extra. It's not like this is a burden. Actually, this is a blessing to spend two hours with you and your audience. And as much as we were tired beforehand, look at us now. Let yeah, do right? another four hours <laughs> with you. All we needed to do is just get warmed up a little bit and just get to where we were going. And, and your music is key. I mean, that just makes you feel so good. I mean, you can't, did you see me dancing when we were on yeah. break yeah. <laughs> before we got back on again? So I, I was fully enjoying this entire show and everything that you have to offer. So maybe to answer your question, everything is my mantra. From the sun to the wind to the sights and smells and the tastes and the friendships and everything. It, everything's combined into one. And so my mantra is just pure experience. That's pretty much how I look at that. There's a saying I have that I end my shows with. I have two of them. But one of them you made me think about is when you live in the present, there's always an opportunity for a new beginning. Sure. And uh, it sounds like you, based upon what you just said, you're a man that very, and you said it earlier too, you very much live in the present moment. Oh, yeah. And you, you seize that moment as much as you possibly can from present moment to moment. And, the, and, you know, and, and when it comes to reality, there is no such thing as time. Time is just based on our perceptions. It's something that's given to us that we make real in the way we perceive it. But there really is no such thing as time. It's just now, now, and more of now, and now continues to keep now. That's how I see it. So when I think about being in the present moments, it, it, it can open up an opportunity for a new beginning to your life at any moment. And, and I think a lot of people, you mentioned this, where they get stuck in the past. They start thinking about their past and they think too much about the future instead of thinking about what can they do now, where they're at now. Me personally, I, I, I agree with you. I like being by myself. You know, I come up with great songs, great ideas, great concepts for what yeah. I do. And um, sometimes being by yourself, you need to get to know yourself. You can't get to know yourself when you're hanging out with other people because you got to share that time in, you know, being with them. But when you're by yourself, it's a wonderful thing. Something I got to appreciate when I was in my 30s. And mm -hmm. now it's like, I'm hooked, <laughs> you know, I'm hooked. Very addicting. Like, yeah. I love being by myself. Some yeah. people don't. I remember the first time I went to the movies by myself. You know, but it was it was fun. You know, I didn't have to go uh, with my significant other or with a friend or anything like that or a family. Just I went by myself and I had a great time and I didn't have to have anybody in my ear asking me, well, what's going to happen? What do you you know? It's like I was in the moment. I was one with that film that I was watching. Uh, let's see if we have some more questions here. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So Danita says, do you have more ultimate goals to accomplish? Um, the near or I, the near distance future that will, she said the near or distance 
distant future that will add to your C's, which I'm assuming she means the, the call centers. On a personal note, I'd like to continue studying the violin and I wish I learned it earlier. I was really trying to impress my wife. Instead, I'm really depressing her because I wish I could play better. Um, I find music to be beautiful. I think it's a great way to express oneself. I'd like to begin start to write children's books. Mm. It's another interest that I have. And so these are the sort of things I, um, I don't want to get paid on them. I want to do it for me. And I want to see where this stuff goes because I've always enjoyed that, those sort of thoughts. And then I'll have the time. I'll just have the time. And I almost want to see what it's like one day where every day feels like a Saturday. And I remember in the original Thomas Crown affair with Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway, he told her, I just want to wake up every day and figure out who I want to be. And I would just hate to be forced into a sort of Pink Floyd cookie cutter, walking into that meat grinder machine and just being another brick on the wall. Those sort of things always concerned me that I would just get lost into corporate America, the rat race. I would just be a statistic, a number. And I couldn't do that. I had to throw my hat in the ring and do something. And to answer your question before, who knew what was going to happen with the call center? Who knows where this is even going? But the one thing that I do know is that there are other places outside of the United States to explore and to experience. And I believe that here in Central America, Costa Rica, I am going to be continuing my travels. And I'm looking forward to maybe teaching English or checking out what other centers are like or just possibly not even working anymore. And I, I just like to see where my life takes me there. But it's been great so far. I've been very gracious of how far I've come. You could judge me on how much money I've made, and I probably haven't made enough in your opinion. But you could also judge me on the challenge and on the personal goals that were set, or even just taking it down to learning a second language and getting back some of the money that I spent in my education and in my youth. There's a lot of my friends that took majors and they aren't working in those industries. Yeah. And there's a lot of young men and women today that took a lot of money out and went to school and unfortunately are not getting a rate of return. There's nothing wrong with that. But as I say before, there are certain things that should be studied where for your career and also for your hobbies. Fortunately for me, with the stars being aligned, I have a very good luxury trade. I got very lucky on what I did and I just wish everybody would have that sort of opportunity in their lives too. By the way, uh, Danita let me know what the C's are. She, she meant uh, communication and cars. So thank you for letting me know. <laughs> She's so I, cool. That's uh, a great question. <laughs> it's like the C's. I didn't know what she meant by that. But, oh, I know exactly where she's going. Uh, so yes, the communication and the cars and, um, yeah. I, I agree with you. There are plenty of beautiful places outside of the United States, especially nowadays, like the United States is it's, it's going down a, a, a dark road to say the least. Uh, things yeah, are very We all had tough times. Yeah. I'm but, the most proud American. And I believe that I'm representing 
my country, the United States, in the best light. I'm, I'm an expatriate, and it doesn't mean I don't love the United States. But as I am here, paying taxes, feeding families, and building a business, I am that gringo. I'm that Anglo-Saxon, <laughs> extra hero. I'm that individual that came here to bring jobs. So I hear you, my man, and, and, and you're a good guy. And I, I know you want the best for the United States. And yes, it, it's a time where there is frustration and stress. And living outside the States, looking at this, it pains my heart. But if a gentleman like yourself can talk with people and share ideas and get your communities involved in just making, not making enemies, but just making better, then you're doing your part. Then, and that will spread like a wave at a concert, you know, when one guy starts it, next thing you know, everyone's doing it. Don't think that your vote doesn't count. Don't think that your voice doesn't count or your efforts don't count. I'm doing my part here by representing the United States well and being a very proud American. Um, I have mentioned to you that um, I plan on leaving this place for good. I'm I'm going to leave this country for good. And um, yeah. (laughs) I have suggestions if you want Costa Rica. I could definitely set you up on a bungalow on the beach. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to explore explore places. Um, I have uh, have a a family who has land in uh, Colombia. Okay. Um, But I'm definitely going to leave this place. Like, I don't want to live here. And um, my uh, my queen feels the same way. So she's going to roll with me. And um, the thing is, is that I guess when it comes to, when it comes to like life, you want to kind of experience the most that you can while you got it, right? While, while we got our good health, we're still in these bodies because, you know, we only get one chance at it. And once we leave these bodies, you know, we go on to the next journey. What that journey is, I don't know. I just know that when it comes to the spirit, energy never dies. It just transforms. Um, When it comes to all the things that you've been able to do, um, what do you think has been one of the most significant, biggest, and I, and, and I, if, if, if you can't answer this, it's fine. What do you think is one of the most significant, biggest things that you've been able to achieve? Not just for yourself, but maybe for others or for yourself. What, what, would, what would be that one thing if you can pinpoint it? Present day, of course, because you're still on your journey. The mutual respect. I'm not feared. Because it's not fair to judge me on what happened at your last job with your supervisor, boss, or coworker, as as I'm not judging you Mm. on what happened to the kid that just wasn't up to speed. I know that in this position, people could expect things from you, see things differently, or, or maybe, once again, there is a fear factor there. You're supposed to be afraid of your boss. You're supposed to hate them. Supposed to loathe them. <laughs> You're supposed to not want to have any sort of relationship with them. And so for me, it's almost like the Dead Poet Society or these movies where these students are carrying a teacher. I know I'm doing the right thing because when I'm downstairs playing pinball and people are coming in in the morning, besides just saying good morning to me, which is respectful, I get the pat on the shoulder from people. 
you're not really supposed to touch your boss, but they're patting me on the shoulder and saying, good morning, Hefe. Nice to see you, Richard. And so that makes me still feel like a man. It makes me feel like me. I might wear a suit. I know I'm in charge. And I have a lot of responsibilities for a lot of families. But I'm still human. And I still have feelings. And I still take this seriously. And so these people can get me out of this bubble and allow me to be grounded so I can be one of them by breaking bread with them, spending time with them and speaking with them in a certain way, then I've more than done my job because the moment they just start calling me sir and avert their eyes or they just sit up straight when I walk by and kind of like look at me like they're going to get in trouble They're not getting in trouble, but I'm more disappointed than I would be angry because if they're feeling that way, then they're not contributing 100%. They're doing their job. But if they're still feeling like this, they can't do this and they definitely can't do that. There's no way they're going to fly if they have those sort of uh, imagery of people in authority. These Mm -hmm. are mentors. If somebody is spending time with you, to invest in you and and listen to your calls and to motivate you and talk to you about your career. That's an investment. That's not someone that's about to get in trouble because if you're not breaking the law, if you're not doing something wrong at work, why are you afraid? But if somebody is investing their time to work with you and I've seen it, I've seen both sides, the people that embrace it and become supervisors, top producers make a ton of bread and are happy. And then in others that are just judging me, on their last job. And there's nothing I can do about that. No matter how hard I try, do I give up? No, but I can only meet you so much halfway. I'm not going to, you know, hit the ball and drag Johnny. That's not how we play here. I'm going to bend you, but I'm not going to break you. I will make you more self-reliant. I will make you more self-confident, but you're going to have to make that agreement with me to meet me there. And if we do, then we will have a normal relationship. And so um, I hope you don't misconstrue any sort of enthusiasm. It's just more passion there that I'm speaking. It's, it's one of those things by being a guest in this country and a North American and their boss. It's almost like aura I have three strikes against me before I even began. So maybe by using this happy medium of a pinball machine, they can see that I'm harmless and that my intentions are honorable. Yeah. You're a great example of how people should behave when going into other people's countries. You came to serve. You didn't come there like, Hey, I'm an American. I'm a businessman. I'm going to tell you what to do because I know better than you. And I'm, you know, bigger, badder and all that nonsense, all that egoic behavior. You didn't come with the ego. You came with the spirit and it's, and it's, People see your essence, right? Like you said, I thought that was a great line. Like people see essence. That's, that's how the world needs to, that's how humanity needs to see itself. If, if, uh, if human beings were to see each other as spiritual beings having a physical experience, world would be a different place. I think the biggest problem is that there are forces that manipulate that to maintain control, right? Divide and conquer. We have another question. Sure. Uh, shout outs to Richard Grizzle for Chisel. Uh, oh, yeah. I learned, I let the universe deal with people. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, also, we have another question from Mystic. She says, I'm also in the process of learning new languages. What was or is your best method of study, sir? Wow. Good for you, number one. This is the way that I did it, multiple ways. You have to grind the grammar. So it did take me about six months just to be able to get all the tenses down correctly. Then I also believe in intercambios, where you find a, a person to speak with over coffee and have some fun. But the best way that I was able to learn Spanish and the quickest way was to watch a movie in Spanish with Spanish subtitles. Mm. Why? So I can follow along, but there's also a lot of noise and distractions in the movie. So I might have not caught a certain word or a certain tense. And so by doing the triple, by watching, listening, and reading, it really uh, increased my ramp up and, and Spanish skills immensely. Uh, it trained the ear, trained the eye and the tongue. And so learning a language comes many different ways besides the grammar and vocabulary. A lot of it is the phonetic. Unfortunately for me, I have a very strong accent when I speak Spanish, but I do focus on my grammar. In fact, I know the vosotros form from Spain, which once in a while I can throw that out there. But um, as I say before, anybody that sees that you're trying to learn a language and making attempts, they would love to assist in your grammar, make a suggestion in vocabulary. But regardless if it's a train wreck or if you just know one word out of six to try to make your point, they love it. I've had people give me a second plate of food because I asked for it and how good the food was. Or I've just seen people really encourage you to learn the language. And, and when you do master it, what you've shown people is structure, discipline, and high cognitive skills. So when you're meeting people for the first time that are bilingual, once again, that is the most incredible first impression that you could give somebody. Wow, great answer. Um, okay. Roger says I'm using Duolingo. It's a fun way to learn. It's also free. All right. And Mystic says, oh, yes, indeed. The, the diverse movies have helped my discernment. Great, sister. That's great. Wonderful, Wonderful. to hear. Yeah. Um, so we got, uh, we got some time left before we're going to end this broadcast. Um, I'd like to take this time out to say, is there anything that you want to discuss or make uh, some comments or statements on that you would like to share? Absolutely. I, if I may take a couple minutes to crack open my skull yeah. and really show you the special sauce that I know that you are excited about. This, these are certain telemarketing techniques and soft skills that I use in order to convert more phone calls. And you'll find it quite interesting because I go over phonetic microexpression reading. I know people read body language, but I was able to crack some codes in regards to non-visual speech that I think you'll find fascinating. And I also brought some props so I can go over it real quick. Let me give you an example of what an average phone call might look like. There's an introduction, a body, and a conclusion. And also, just for argument's sake, why don't we say that the average attention span aura is 30 seconds to two minutes? 
So let's just say some of your audience here are entrepreneurs or they're prospecting new business and they're calling into a business. My suggestion immediately is when somebody answers the phone is to give uh, a company name spike. Instead of asking how somebody is doing, why don't you ask how's the network of awareness doing today? Of course, Aura is doing well and his community is doing well today. So that gives you the anonymity initially to show them that you could say the, their company name much better than them. Secondly is don't be anonymous the whole call because that's kind of shady. But I believe the first thing you could say on a phone call is their name in a way that is just incredible. So now you have somebody on the phone that likes you and they're going to ask you their first question. What is your name? That's why I use what we call a buffer boomerang technique. Okay. Or let's just say hypothetically that the tone that they have is negative. So you capture the tone and you say, Aura, that's an excellent question. My name is Richard Blank. So what you do is you buffer their negative tone, you name drop them, you let them know that's an excellent question, and then you boomerang it back in a plus two or plus three positive tone. And what you're doing is you're showing active listening you're also ensuring that you're resetting the tone. And by mentioning that and answering back in a certain way, now this individual is taking you seriously and they're about to transfer the call. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna give a positive escalation. So when I get transferred to the decision maker, I'm gonna let the individual know before I even say anything, how incredible their coworker was. So I'm giving the gift, I'm doing anonymity the second time before introducing myself. And they're going to love the fact that that individual is getting that sort of praise. So now we're on the phone with the individual. And once again, they're asking you questions. So you're using the buffer boomerang technique to say their name, let them know it's a great point in answering their question. And so you're in the call. And a lot of the times you will be explaining what you do, what the network of awareness is, A, B, C, and D. And what we can do is you should be giving lists. You should be doing it like a dessert tray where each one of your desserts gets its own display and gets its own description. Because I'd like to see the positive reinforcement or I'd like to make sure if it's good or if it's better, if they react. So after mentioning four or five things, I would say at least you like at least one aura. I'm not brave <laughs> enough to think you like them all, but I can rake it and I can see from a horizontal to a vertical where I can stack a certain answer. Because a lot of the times you'll show interest in something and people will continue moving on. No, 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 stop for a second. Ask additional follow-up and open-ended questions, maybe even tie down questions to see if it makes sense, sounds good, right? And since we're making calls and people are calling into homes, you might have dogs barking, children crying, noise in the background. My suggestion is inadvertently and passive aggressively, use the me too technique. Let somebody know how much you love dogs because the dog's barking and I can't hear you. But then again, I'm going to ask a follow-up question and ask what the dog's name is. And you're going to say Fluffy. And that's great. Fluffy gets put outside. You come back on the line. The call was almost dead. Fluffy almost killed the call. But once you come back, I can anchor in a relationship building by talking about your dog. It's not about my pitch. It's not about closing the deal and selling. At that moment of the call, we had a connection. And that's usually the time when you say, uh, excuse me, what is your name again? My name is Richard Blank. And then from there, you're going to be name dropping me like crazy for the rest of the call, which shows 
that we have that relationship. So what happens on a call? We were talking about 30 second to two minute intervals, but there are certain tell signs people have. I have something here called a phonetic micro expression reading. Every 30 seconds to two minutes, regardless of their tone, which my opinion should be confident and empathetic, but pay attention to how fast and how loud they speak. Because every 30 seconds to two minutes, if they're not consistent, there might be a spike or a dip there. And that's the time you ask confirmation or tie down or clarification questions. But here's the interesting part. Aura, you can manipulate your tone. You can manipulate your rate and your pitch. But it's very difficult to manipulate in answering speed. And so I believe that subconsciously people will answer you in a certain way. Now, you're thinking this is too complex. This is too difficult. No, once, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And after three weeks of practice, it becomes habit. And so by using this, you become a little more astute, much more lucid. And regardless of the conversation, there are these tell signs that people will be giving you to not necessarily say that they're lying, but there might be a very good chance for additional clarification on my end. And so by every 30 seconds to two minutes, making sure the conversation moves forward because of spikes or dips, by raking it to see where we're interested, and then towards the end of the call, I will let you know, Aura, since you still have me on this call, are there any further questions that you may have? It gives me a chance to potentially rake the options I gave you one more time to find something that you're interested in. I love ending a call with military alphabet so I could spell your name, spell your address, email address. And instead of the call ending, a lot of the times the call is going to continue because we'll be talking about the military, how my uncle served in Europe and my dad was there post-Korea and represented the United States in the military. And so it's very interesting that way. And then finally, if I may give you the Richard circle, once you and I are finished and I'm writing you a beautiful email, I will also give that written positive escalation to the individual that assisted me prior to the transferred call. Why do I do that? Because when I call you back and this individual answers the phone, they're going to be so happy to hear from me. And they're going to let me know, Richard, in, in 20 years, you're the first person that ever wrote about me like that. So imagine that sort of decision-making prior to any sort of contracts, the way that I treat your company and the way that I respect you. And so this is not a boiler room, Glen Gary closing technique to <laughs> sell that stock and to get them on the first call. No, there's a lot of the times you're building a relationship or maybe we all don't have that sort of profiled agent of that sort of assertiveness. And so my stuff will never compromise anybody's ethics, morals, or values. What we're doing is we're just controlling a little bit more of the conversation because these are first-time calls. And we want to make sure that we are active listening by repeating what they're saying so their comfort levels are much better. And by using very diplomatic vocabulary, like guiding and lending a hand versus help, so we can avoid any sort of rabbit holes. And, and by doing those things, my friend, in time, building your business, because I started with one seat, 50 hours. I'm at 150 seats now. I took it call by call, person by person. And remember one thing, strangers are friends you haven't met yet. 
That's right. And these, and my relationship with you, I didn't know you a month ago, or but you've introduced me to some amazing people, and you and I have a very nice friendship. And this is something that's brand new, but look how it's going to grow. So, as you say, it just takes one second for your world to change, and there are opportunities that cross your path all the time. And I took full advantage of reaching out to you and taking the liberty of introducing myself and allowing myself to be either accepted or painfully rejected. And don't kid yourself, a couple podcasts don't want me on there. And, and that's cool. Maybe, you know, I'm the sweetest peach. They just don't like peaches. So we'll catch them next week. But the <laughs> ones that give me a chance, I don't need to talk about telemarketing or my buffer boomerang techniques. I almost don't want to talk about the business. I just want to talk about me. I want to talk about you and how amazing your audience is and how collectively all of us can support one another just to get better. Wow. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. That and like Robert Riopelle told me, and that reason is there to serve you. So that's right. Um, he's dropping gems, people. Um, just checking the chat room here. Um, they are definitely um, people are listening. People are listening because when there's no comments being put in the chat, that means people are listening, listening very closely. Um, I can feel it. You know, I might be three thousand miles away, but I can feel the love of your audience. Oh, well, we got listeners in Costa Rica, too. So, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. then there you go. Then I can feel closely. <laughs> that's yeah. great. We're right in over um, 50 countries right now. And that's, on, you man. know, what you were that's mentioning excellent. about just vision and, and not giving up. There was, listen, I, I've only been doing this. Come June, it'll be two years. But in the first six to seven months, I literally did like six episodes. So I wasn't putting my best foot forward. I really wasn't treating it like I was supposed to, but I still stuck with it because I was trying to overcome the, the fear, the, um, the doubts, right? Oh, nobody want to want to listen to me talk or bring up topics and stuff. This is the stuff that was going on in my head. Even though I did radio before, yeah. okay, had a successful show and did other things that I was successful in still. And a lot of it has to do with some of the stuff that happened in my life. But it's just interesting now when I look back when there was not one person in the chat room, my only listeners were international. I didn't even have any listeners in the United States. My, my listenership started in like Russia India, United Kingdom, Canada, um, Very cool. you know, places like Costa Rica were my first listeners, believe it or not. Then eventually I started getting people taking notice of me in the United States. But one thing I realized is just knowing what you're doing it for. You're doing it for you, but I do it for a higher power that compels me in my spirit to want to give these messages, what I call truth messages for people to understand that they have light within them, that their life has value. That's the purpose of the show. It's a society and culture show. We also specialize in social sciences. So I talk mm -hmm. a lot about social engineering, social conditioning. I talk about propaganda a lot. 
talk about a lot of different things, relationships, but the overall theme of this show, this network, is to connect people that are self-aware so they can become a group of self-aware people and bring awareness individually and collectively. And um, I think we're achieving those, you know, things little by little, especially with people like you coming onto the show. You're just another example of what the network of awareness is all about. It's about absolutely caring or sharing is caring, right? That, that saying. So, or you brought something up before, if I may continue with your point about when you first started and made only six podcasts, those are my favorite ones. You know, that the first draft is the best draft. That's when you're raw. That's when you had the passion to go for it. Those early recordings, when there was one person listening, every artist has played to an empty bar or stadium or something like that. They've had to start out some way. And I respect that, the first step forward, when you were going for it and you were on a mission. And so everyone always says, oh, look at me back in the day. I was more uh, naive. I didn't have the practice. I'm much better now. Yeah, of course you are. You got the practice. But your favorite fans, the people that love you the most, they can't wait to see those original episodes. They'll tease you a little bit and we'll have some fun with it. But they'll also see that spark in your eye. They'll see that, that, that the guts, the grit. They knew where you were going there and how far you've come from those dark days. So my good friend, I respect that first episode, first minute that you did. And I can't wait to listen to those early episodes too, because it knows the man that I know today. And once again, it will assist me in learning about the journey that got you there. Thank you. Um, The first episode was called, What a Great Time to Be Alive. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Because it was during the pandemic. So uh, especially right during the lockdown and stuff. So it was like, what a great time to be alive, even though we have all of this adversity and um, uncertainty and viruses and fear and fear and fear. It was like, nah, I don't live in fear. You know, it's, it's all there. Fear. It's just there. You could be in a bubble. You could actually be in a very happy place if you want to. It really just depends on you. That's right. Um, so remember I told you that two hours would go by pretty fast. So. Oh my, look at that. Yeah. yeah. So I told any, you, <laughs> look at this. Any, um, any final comments, uh, any last words? And then what I'll do is I'm going to put, uh, if you have any other links besides the ones you shared me, uh, shared with me, I'll put them in the description box for this episode Um, because I do have your LinkedIn and I have your uh, website, okay, your call center link. So I'll have those um, in there. So anybody who wants to take a look at uh, Richard's uh, information, what he does, um, especially people that are in the South, in the, in the country of South America to my people in Colombia Costa Rica, Argentina, uh, Mexico, todo mi gente. Todo uh, lado, sí. <laughs> um, 
any any final comments? Any last words for the for the for the audience that are listening and those that will be downloading after the fact? Absolutely. Um, buy a plane ticket and come and visit me. That's number one. You would love Costa Rica. Or I can't thank you enough. Yes, the two hours flew by. You've been very, very generous with your time and with your audience. And I like your thoughts. And I believe that today I gave you my best and that you and I both collectively did something very special. And I couldn't be more thankful. So I'd just like to end today by saying to everybody, be strong, be brave. And once again, take your first step forward, even if it's that first podcast or getting up early to start working out or to wash that car on a Sunday or to make breakfast or just a chini arsi misma, just to take care of yourself a little bit better and love yourself a little bit more. And as you and I both said, or to have that private time so we can be able to find that balance within ourselves. And that's how I'd like to end my time with you today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you as well. Um, Everything happens for a reason. Uh, There are no mistakes. Um, Most high makes no mistakes ever. And uh, you brought a wealth of information. You shared some great knowledge. Um, and we were present today. That's the most important thing. You and I were present in this moment. And I think that the people that will be listening to this episode are going to get a lot of great substance that can help them propel themselves on whatever trajectory they're going to go on from, from listening to this type of episode to give them that reassurance that their life has value and that everybody has gifts that they've been, they were given that they can give back. Right. We all serve a purpose. We all have, uh, we're all important on this planet. We just got to know it. So brothers and sisters, I want to thank all the people that joined the, the podcast, this live broadcast. Um, I want to say that, you know, your love and support, um, means a lot to me. And, um, it's just, it's one of those things where this is just the beginning, right? Cause when you live in the present, there's always an opportunity for a new beginning. And like I always say, brothers and sisters to end the show. So let's put on our music here. Don't look for the light at the end of the tunnel because the light is, and always will be within you. So light up the tu- light up the tunnel and find your way through the darkness. This is already the informationalist signing out with Richard Blank from Costa Rica Call Centers in Costa Rica, South America. And uh, brothers and sisters, when you live in the present, there's always an opportunity for a new beginning. Appreciate y'all. See you tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And peace, love, and light. All praise to the Most High. That was freaking awesome, man.